0: The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's Mightiest Heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to episode 63 of Some Assembly Required, your weekly adventure into the annals of Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers. This week, we are taking a look at Avengers number 58, Even an Android Can Cry. This week's issue is written by Roy Thomas, pencils by John Buscema, inks by George Klein, letters by Sam Rosen, and it comes to us in November of 1968. That's right, folks. We are once again back to our standard episodes here. We are going to go issue by issue through the Avengers, and we're going to have a great time doing it. Picking up where we left off last issue was the first appearance of the Vision. And what we discovered is that Vision was a creation of Ultron, who was sent to destroy the Avengers. And in his first attempt to do so, he was attacking Wasp, Janet Van Dyne, and suffered some kind of collapse at which point the Avengers brought him back to Avengers Mansion to study him. We discovered that Vision was a synthetic humanoid or a synthesoid, and from there, Vision agreed to escort the Avengers to Ultron's lab because, if you remember from the last time that we saw Ultron, while the Masters of Evil didn't get away quite so easily, Ultron was able to slip away from the Avengers, so he's been off doing things, and one of those things is building Ultron. Vision leads the Avengers back to Ultron, and it turns out this is all part of Ultron's plan to get all the Avengers in one place and destroy them, only he didn't account for the fact that Vision would turn on him, and so by the end of the issue, Vision is more or less freed of Ultron's control, and Ultron has been destroyed. So that's where we left off our issue. This issue we are picking up, and we're going to dive a little bit more into Vision and who he is and what he is. So starting off with our cover, this issue is kind of interesting because it's not the ultra-iconic cover that last issue gave us. And so it feels like kind of a letdown. While it's not a terrible cover, it's also not the best we've ever seen. In particular, front and center is Captain America. And he looks a little bit like a zombie. He's kind of gaunt in the face. They drew his face a little bit too narrow, a little bit too clearly defined features. And again, Captain America is typically drawn so you can see his pupils with just the white eyes. It feels off and kind of adds to that sense of zombie. Also, he's got his mouth kind of slack open, much like zombies wandering around going, Brains do. Moving on to our opening splash page, we find Black Panther on the roof of Avengers Mansion, and we've got a great incorporation of the title into the scene, where the issue title, Even an Android Can Cry, is worked into the brickwork of the wall that Black Panther is hanging from. We've seen John Basima do this before around Dr. Doom's Castle and the bridge the Avengers were crossing, so it's kind of a hallmark of his, and I really enjoy it. And it looks really good. I also really like the starry, staticy effect that he does in the background sky. Again, we've seen this before, but it adds a nice additional texture to the book that we haven't seen prior to Busima doing art. And really, it is just another small step forward in the evolution of comics. You know, with Jack Kirby, a lot of times we didn't get very well defined backgrounds, which was always a complaint of mine. And, you know, as good as Jack is, you know, everybody's got some flaws, and frequently that was his. And here we are slowly moving where we've got more well-defined backgrounds. So maybe we don't have Jack Kirby's sense of, of action and motion, but we've got this great background art to work with. So you give a little, you take a little... As Black Panther descends from the rooftop entrance of Avengers Mansion, which I'd like to point out is kind of interesting because he continually comes in through the roof, the only Black character on the team continually doesn't enter through the front door. I don't know that it's purposeful, Black Panther being the only African-American character, and therefore they do that, and whether or not it's a play on, you know, a cat coming in through a window or something, but it is kind of weird. But at any rate, Black Panther enters the mansion only to find all of the current events Avengers plus Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor assembled because they all want to discuss the Vision, who is also there. And what Vision tells them is that he wants to be a member of the Avengers. And almost immediately, Iron Man opposes this, as he frequently does. Now, I really like the panel layout here because Iron Man is really, it's the mask and a hand with a pointing finger. And it's drawn in a very accusatory fashion, where Iron Man is definitely pointing the finger, not quite at you the reader, but at whomever he's talking to and it's it's a very aggressive kind of gesture and it's one of the panels that we've seen Basima doing lately that doesn't have the traditional panel border and it kind of overlaps a little bit with the art around it and it gives you a, a great sense of Iron Man really being up in your face. Iron Man is vehemently opposing Vision joining the team. In a lot of ways I can't disagree with Iron Man because Vision is a major unknown Some of the things that we know for a fact are that A, Vision was created by Ultron, and B, he has other gaps in his memory, so he doesn't know everything about himself. Those are really kind of the bases for why Iron Man is objecting. Now, what does drive me nuts is the level to which Iron Man and Thor object when they're not active members of the team. I understand that they are founding members of the team and that they have a vested interest in the future success of the Avengers. They have this dream that they are trying to see to fruition, and to just let anybody on there and risk destroying that vision and destroying the team is something that they are not really willing to do. I get that, but at the same time, you guys left the team and... Appointed other people in your stead. So you left the team. Obviously, you felt good enough about the people you left it with, but also there's kind of a balance there, right? You had this dream and things you wanted to happen for the Avengers, but obviously it wasn't to the extent where you felt you had to be there all the time. With this being the third time that we have seen Iron Man and Thor protest so vehemently to someone joining the team, right? We've had Spider Man, we've had Hercules, and now we have Vision. It's getting on my nerves a little bit because either, you know, be part of the team or don't, but 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 recognize that if you're not an active part of the team, you don't carry as much weight now that I've gone off on that long enough. While Iron Man and Thor are discussing kind of the merits of having Vision on the team, Captain America decides to take things a step further and determine if Vision has what it takes to be an Avenger. Not because Captain America wasn't here during the last fight with Vision. And so he attempts to attack Vision. And between Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America, Vision does a really quite impressive job of showing off his abilities and his strengths and that he would be a vital asset to the team. The only thing that ends up stopping Vision is a punch from Thor and it's a punch that should have probably killed anyone else and Vision is barely stunned. He's sent across the room but even as Thor is coming to grips with how ineffective his punch was, Vision is already getting back up. Just as this is happening and as the fight is kind of getting ready to escalate further, Goliath steps in and tells Thor, no, this was Captain America's plan. He was trying to goad you and Iron Man into fighting with the Vision so that you could see for yourselves how worthy he is to being on the team and how much of an asset he would be to us. Don't go after Vision. I think we've all seen now that Vision is, is worth having on the team. And Thor being Thor and, and the warrior Viking culture that he comes from accepts this and embraces it and em- embraces." Vision. So while I really like the fight, and I like seeing kind of where Vision fits with the rest of the Avengers, at the same time, I have to wonder about Cap's plan. Because conceptually, it's not a bad idea. You're providing effectively physical evidence that is contrary to the doubts held by several of your teammates, especially the ones who are most vocal against Vision joining the team. But there is so much risk involved in what Captain America is doing here that I I just can't call it a good plan. Not an execution. If things had gone differently, if Thor had not listened to reason at the right moment, if Goliath hadn't stepped in at the right moment, if Iron Man had been injured, any number of things happened, then this would have ended terribly for either the Avengers or Vision or both. And that's not something we wanted to see. Vision's a great character, really cool character. We don't want to see a potential hero turned villain because we wrote ourselves into a corner. Now once this semi-trial by combat is over, the only thing that's really preventing the Avengers from embracing him is the unknown. The fact that Vision has these blocked memories that he just can't figure out. Only Vision kind of stops and sits and assumes the thinker position and suddenly has his breakthrough and he now remembers them. Now in the interim, the Avengers have a meeting, which is kind of a fun meeting. Although it's weird because Goliath has been hanging out in his giant size for a significant portion of this meeting and inadvertently smashes the table. And I kind of wonder why, when he has the ability to change size, why he doesn't go back to normal human size when, you know, it's not required for him to be another size. But one of the things the Avengers do is they kind of look back on all the different people they have accepted into the Avengers. And they recognize that, you know, not everyone was chosen. Some of them were called upon, that were kind of drafted. And that the Avengers has kind of been a home for misfits and for people- looking for second chances, people who are a little less desirable. And so they're not opposed to the idea of Vision joining. And that's really what this meeting and this speech by Thor sells, is that Vision would actually be a good fit for the Avengers. And one of the great things we get out of this speech is a full page splash of all of the Avengers who have ever been a member of the Avengers, with two exceptions. And it's exceptions that there are extra people on this page instead of missing Avengers, We have Black Widow, who was going to be offered an Avengers membership, but never actually accepted it. And Spider-Man, who, had he completed the mission he was assigned in the way it should have been accomplished instead of what he chose to do, then he also would have been an Avenger, but he's not actually an Avenger and won't be for a long time. This is still very much the era of Spider-Man, the teenage loner hero. So as I mentioned, as this meeting wraps up, Vision suddenly has all these memories come flooding back to him. And to me, it's a little bit too easy. All he had to do was sit and think really hard, and suddenly these mental barriers just come crashing down, and we get to see Vision's creation. Now, while I do think it's a little bit too easy, we're almost halfway through the issue at this point, so we've got to move on with the story. And if we're going to spend a lot of time focused on Vision and Ultron, and where Vision came from, then we're going to have to kind of move the story along, and this is just one of those things we're going to have to accept that it probably took longer than we are seeing in the comic. And here we see Ultron's creation of Vision. And it's kind of an interesting, very philosophical page and a half where Vision, unlike pretty much anyone, gets to meet his creator. There's a obviously significant portion of the world population who believes in a greater power than themselves. Some kind of all-powerful creator. Whether it be a very generic concept of of a higher power or the universe itself or a very specific god or goddess. It's one of those things that we as humans don't experience. We don't meet our creator. Not in that larger metaphysical, philosophical sense. And obviously most of us have met our parents and they, obviously they physically created us, but not us as a species. So we get to see Vision going through both his trials and training and his early questioning of existence. And Vision has a very strong desire to know who he is. He wants a name, which is very interesting that Ultron chooses not to give Vision a name. And as it turns out, that is one of the things that endears Vision to the Avengers is that they were willing to give him a name. And I talked at length last issue of the power in a name and how important that is to Vision personally, but to the idea of Vision as an individual, as a unique personage. Here we, we look into a little bit more of the fundamental questions. Who am I? And in my opinion, Vision is getting a little bit ahead of the game. Because I always think, who am I, requires a certain fundamental understanding already. The more basic question, I think a lot of times the more important question is, what am I? Who am I requires a certain level of awareness where you can begin to question your self-identity. You need to have an understanding that self-identity is even a concept. You know, as I watch my son, there's a lot more of, what is this? How does this work? and really kind of fundamental mechanics of the universe kind of things that he's discovering before he can get anywhere near the idea of the self, at least on the level that Vision is is questioning. So I, I think maybe we get a little bit ahead of ourselves, but the discussion between the two, Vision, who is tormented by this lack of knowledge, and Ultron, who is both uncaring in general because... Vision is just a tool to him, but also Ultron doesn't care because these are human concerns, and Ultron is above them. Now, what we're going to find out in many years is that Vision is kind of an amalgamation of different characters. He is the body of the original Human Torch, and in a little while, we will find out where his personality comes from, but the idea of Vision asking who he is is a very, very, very complicated subject because of the fact that Vision is taken from the Different parts of different characters. So, trying to come to grips with that is going to be a very interesting struggle for him over the years. So, as the Avengers hear these revelations from Vision, Hank Pym suddenly starts to remember that, you know, I was looking into this kind of work, this kind of research with Dragon Man, and suddenly I stopped, and I don't know why I stopped this research. And so, he and the rest of the Avengers decide to take a trip out to Hank's suburban laboratory that we've seen before, where he and Bill Foster worked and try and find out what happened like why did he abandon this research and why doesn't he remember why he abandoned the research and what they discover is that the building has been boarded up and everything was restored from the last fight back in issue number 41 which I didn't remember it being that far back but it is issue 41 when the lab was last destroyed so everything has been restored and Hank doesn't remember any of this. Janet hooks up Hank to a device that helps him recall memories. And again, these mental walls just come crumbling down. And Hank remembers rebuilding the lab. And as he's going through his memory, he looks and there's this robot nearby based on his experiments with Dragon Man. So Hank has actually created this this creature. And as he is kind of figuring out what's going on, he's talking to it a little bit. And the robot starts to learn right in front of Hank learn at an exponential rate such that by the time Hank realizes what's going on and grows to a larger size in order to try and deal with this threat, he is disabled by the robot. Eventually, the robot wipes his memory and runs away. We then find Hank kind of in the rubble of his lab once again, and Janet helps Hank put the lab back together and then board it up. So what we find out is that robot that Hank created that is learning exponentially, that is Ultron 1. So frequently, I have been referring to Ultron just as Ultron, but the reality is the character is actually Ultron 5, and that 5 part is important because it denotes that this is the 5th iteration of Ultron. So from that first robot that we just saw, That is the creation of Hank Pym. There are Ultrons 2, 3, and 4 before we get to the version we saw and that created Vision. In the future when Ultron appears, it will be Ultron 6, 7, 8, etc. They're all collectively referred to as Ultron because generally speaking, they all share the same memory. It's Ultron downloaded from one body to another to another, kind of like what we saw in the the movie Age of Ultron. But this creation is Ultron, the original. And now we know why Hank has no memory of this at all, and it sheds some light on the otherwise mysterious origin of Ultron. Now, one of the things that isn't covered here that's really pretty key to Ultron's creation is that Ultron's brain patterns are actually modeled on those of Hank Pym himself. So in the future, one, Hank Pym's mental instabilities that we have talked about in the past begin to surface within Ultron, and in the much more recent past, um, during the Bendis run on New Avengers, Ultron actually takes the form of Janet in a very odd kind of, I don't want to call it Oedipal because I don't know that that's quite the right phrase, but because Ultron's brain patterns are based on Hank and Hank loves Janet, especially the brain patterns that Ultron is based on is the brain patterns. Just before Hank proposes. So you have the brain patterns of Hank who is in love with Janet. And it's kind of Ultron's way of carrying out that love and protecting Janet. It's a very weird kind of situation. It's very cool, but it's definitely bizarre. So now that Hank has these memories back, everything else starts to come together. And then Iron Man points out that the memory tape they recorded of Wonder Man is missing. This is that other part I had alluded to earlier of Vision being created from different parts of characters. Vision's personality is based on the memory tapes, the brain patterns, if you will, of Wonder Man. In the future, this causes super, super, super awkward situations. At various times, as we will see, Scarlet Witch dates Vision. She marries Vision. She dates Wonder Man. Scarlet Witch, who already we know has mental health issues, ends up basically dating different versions of Same guy. As our issue kind of wraps up here, we get a a recap of what happens way back in issue number 10, which is a nice little recap, but we add in the little tidbit about the memory tape so that we can explain where Vision's personality comes from. And now that we have a lot more of these answers, because there, of course, there will be retcons which generate questions that we didn't realize we had and then take time to answer. Now that we have these answers, the Avengers are finally willing to allow onto the team. One of the ironies here is that by allowing Vision Onto the team they are in many ways allowing a duplicate version of wonder man on the team the irony comes in because wonder man is the first person they let on the team and they let him on with basically no tryout process no interview nothing really sight unseen almost his betrayal is the reason that iron man and thor and even captain america to an extent are so suspicious of anyone who wants to join the team right their bad experience with wonder man and how trusting they were, has caused them to be suspicious of other, really, either better qualified individuals or certainly individuals that lacked the nefarious intent that Wonder Man had. And then they basically do the same thing for the guy who's effectively a synthetic copy of Wonder Man. I don't know if there's some kind of, I don't know it's a used car salesman, but you know, very sly talking, something about Vision's personality, Wonder Man's personality, that just makes the Avengers want to bring him onto the team. No idea. But there's got to be something because this is the second time they've basically let the same guy on the team with a whole lot of possible doubts that they just kind of ignore when there are other people who are better qualified that they don't let on the team. So I found that extremely interesting. As our issue wraps up, we see Vision leaving the room after being inducted into the Avengers, and some of the other members remark on how emotionless and how cold Jan actually says lifeless and immutable Vision is when he's given this important news. And after being given the news, Vision walks out of the room, and we close on a gorgeous, gorgeous splash page of Vision with a single tear rolling down his cheek as he is overwhelmed by emotion, and this is the extent to which Vision can demonstrate that emotion. It's very powerful, and it's a beautiful page to end the issue on. I mentioned at the beginning of the issue that the cover for this issue is not iconic, and it really isn't, whereas the cover for the last issue was very iconic. This splash page is almost equally iconic. It is beautifully done, and it conveys the absolute perfect sentiment for this character and for this moment. So overall, I think this is a pretty good issue if for no other reason that it provides a solid basis of backstory for both Ultron and Vision. Certainly in the future there is going to be considerable amounts of retcon, as I've mentioned, several bits and pieces that we will come across over the years that weren't mentioned in the original story. Certainly these origin stories could have been stretched out a little bit further, and obviously with the retcons, you know, it kind of makes up for that. But I think it was easier just to take a little bit of time out of the general arc of the Avengers and explain who these characters are and then just move on. While these origins may seem a little bit rushed being contained to really half of a single issue, it definitely serves the overall series better but not bogging things down. The book can move on and if a later writer chooses to revisit the topic, obviously retcons are always available and if they choose not to come back to it, the story is wrapped up neatly enough that we can accept what's going on and we're not just sitting here going, oh, Come on, I have questions. I am looking forward to having Vision on the team. Vision has a lot of really cool abilities, and in general, his relationships are are very fascinating to me. Like I said, we we dig a little bit into philosophy here with Vision trying to figure out who and what he is, and we will continue that exploration. And it really is a, a great chance to explore what humanity is and what it means to be human. Vision fills a role oftentimes that Lieutenant Commander Data fills on Star Trek. Obviously, Vision is capable of a where Data is not, but both of them are these synthetic beings that struggle to understand and accept their own humanity. And I have always found that to be a very compelling story. Remember, you can find us at AvengersAssembly.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, send your questions and comments to Andrew at AvengersAssembly.com. Next week, we are going to be taking a look at Avengers number 59. The name is Yellow Jacket. All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, Let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. you ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here, I don't know what it is but I want to try it.